Part 11 of The Pastor's Wife by Elizabeth von Arnim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 11 Herr Dremmel and Ingeborg stared at each other for a moment without speaking. Then he said, suddenly angered by the realization that she had come in to Muck without asking him if she might, You did not tell me you were coming here. No, said Ingeborg. Why have you come? She sat down as inconspicuously as she could on the edge of a chair in a corner and clung to her umbrella. It was the awkwardest thing meeting Robert there. I... I just thought I would, she murmured. You do not look ill. You were not ill this morning. It's psychological, murmured Ingeborg, unnerved, and laying hold of the first word that darted into her undisciplined brain. Psycho... Are you ill, Robert? she asked, suddenly anxious. Why have you come? My dear wife, that is my affair, said Herr Dremmel, who was particularly annoyed and puzzled by her presence. Oh, murmured Ingeborg. She had never yet heard herself called his dear wife, and felt the immensity of her relegation to her proper place. He fluttered the pages of the Fliegende Blatter. She held on tighter to what seemed to be her only friend, her umbrella. "'Did you walk?' he asked presently, letting off the question at her like a gun. "'Yes, oh, yes,' said Ingeborg, with hasty meekness. "'What had she come for?' thought Herr Dremmel, fluttering the pages faster. Ridiculous to pretend she needed a doctor. She looked, sitting there with her usual pink cheeks, like a flourishing sixteen, at most eighteen. "'What had he come for?' thought Ingeborg wishing life would not deal so upsettingly in coincidences, and keeping her eyes carefully on the carpet. Then a swift fear jumped at her heart. Suppose he were ill. Suppose he had begun to have one of those large, determined, obscure diseases that seem to mow down men and make the world so much a place of widows. She had observed that for one widower in Kokensee and the surrounding district there were ten widows. The women appeared to ail through life, constantly being smitten down by one thing after the other, but at least they stayed alive, while the men, who went year by year out robustly to work, died after a single smiting. Perhaps it's want of practice in being smitten, she thought and looked anxiously under her eyelashes at Robert, struggling with a desire to go over and implore him to tell her what was the matter. In another moment she would have gone, driven across by her impulses, if the folding doors had not been thrown open and the doctor appeared bowing. Dorfuch bitten? said the doctor to Herr Dremmel. Not perceiving Ingeborg, who was shuttered out of sight by the one half of the door he had opened. Ah, it is the Herr Pastor, he added less officially on recognizing him, and advanced, holding out his hand. I hope, my friend, there is nothing wrong with you. Herr Dremmel did not answer, but, seizing his hat, made a movement of a forestalling character, 
towards the consulting-room and the doctor turning to follow him beheld ingeborg in her corner behind the door ah the frau pastor he said bowing again and again advancing with an extended hand which he added looking from one to the other is the patient but herr dremmel's back disappearing with determination into the next room suggested an acute need of assistance not visible in his wife's retiring attitude you'll tell me the truth about him won't you she whispered anxiously you won't hide things from me the doctor looked grave is it so serious he asked and hurried after herr dremmel and shut the door ingeborg sat and waited for what seemed a long time she heard much murmuring and often both voices murmured together which puzzled her sometimes indeed they ceased to be murmurs and rose to a point at which they became distinct you forget i am a christian pastor she heard robert say but they dropped again though never into a pause never into those moments of silence during which robert might be guessed to be putting out his tongue or having suspect portions of his person prodded she sat there worried and anxious all her own affairs forgotten in this fear of something amiss with him and when at last the door opened again and both men came out she got up eagerly and said well herr dremmel was looking very solemn more entirely solemn than she had ever seen him almost as though he had already attained to that crown of a man's career that final touch of all that last gift to the world a widow and orphans the doctor's face was a careful blank well said ingeborg again greatly alarmed does the frau pastor also wish to consult me asked the doctor yes i did but it doesn't really matter now robert herr dremmel was putting on his hat very firmly and going towards the outer door without saying good-bye to the doctor i will wait for you outside and drive you home ingeborg he said not looking round she stared after him is he very ill she asked turning to the doctor no 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 said the doctor with a stress on it but and you look very well too pray keep so it is not necessary judging from your appearance to consult me further i will conduct you to your carriage but said ingeborg who found herself being offered an arm and led ceremoniously after robert take your tonic be much in the sun and alter nothing in your present mode of life said the doctor but robert the herr pastor enjoys excellent health and will throw himself with more zeal than ever into his work then why and the frau pastor will do her duty yes she stopped and faced him yes she said i'm going to but what is my duty my dear frau pastor there is only one left you have discharged all the others your one duty now is to keep well in body and mind provide your two children with a capable mother 
and your husband with a companion possessed of the intelligent amiability that springs from good health but robert he has been consulting me about you i will not allow you to turn him who deserves so well of fate into that unhappy object a widower oh so really he opened the front door yes he said really and he handed her up into the seat next to herr dremmel and waved them off on their homeward journey with friendly gestures and ingeborg now aware that the real cause of robert's preternatural gloom was the dread of losing her not the dread of leaving her was deeply touched and full of a desire to express her appreciation she slid her hand through his arm and spent the time between muck and kokensee earnestly endeavouring to reassure him he was not after all she eagerly explained going to be a widower he bore her comforting in silence chapter twenty four being a wise man herr dremmel lost no time in fidgeting or lamenting over the inevitable but having heard the doctor's summing up which was expressed in the one firm word repeated over and over again like a series of blows Algeschlossen. he ruled ingeborg out of his thoughts as a wife and proceeded to train himself to contemplate her as a sister after a short period of solemnity for he was not sure whether the training would not be tormenting and grievously interfere with his work he became serene again for to his satisfaction he found it easy the annoyance of having supposed his wife to be undutiful the pain of having believed her to be deliberately hurting him was removed he was faced by a simple fact that had nothing to do with personalities it was unfortunate that he should have married someone who was so very he could not help thinking easily killed but on the other hand he was less dependent on domestic joys than most members of that peculiarly dependent profession the church for he had his brains he was surprised how easy once he recognized its inevitability the readjustment of the relationship was how easily and comfortably he forgot she seemed to drop off him like a leaf off a tree in autumn a light thing whose detachment from the great remaining strength the reaching down and reaching up was not felt his mind became fitted with wife-tight compartments he ceased he who had feared these things might come to be an obsession so much as to see that she was pretty that she was soft that she was sweet just as when first he met her he had been pleased and interested to find he could fall in love so now he was pleased and interested to find when it was a matter of reason and necessity he could fall out again he was it seemed master of himself passions were his servants and came only as it were when he rang the bell all one had to do then was not to ring the bell with satisfaction he observed 
that in a crisis of the emotions he supposed one might fairly call it that the training he had bestowed on his reason the attention he had given it from his youth up was bearing fruit not only abundant but ripe ingeborg was transformed in his eyes with gratifying rapidity into a sister a gentle maiden sister who on the demise of his wife had taken over the housekeeping and when in the evenings he bade her a kind good-night he found himself doing it quite naturally on her forehead he did not tell her she had become a sister he merely rearranged his life on these new lines and he did as the doctor had predicted throw himself into his work with more zeal than ever and very soon was once again being pervaded by the blessed calms the serenities the unequalled harmonies that are the portion of him who diligently does what he is interested in but ingeborg who had neglected her reason in her youth and whose mind consequently was strictly undisciplined spent the first few weeks of being a sister in a condition of what can only be described as fluffing about she took hold of an end of life here that seemed to be sticking out and tugged it and of an end of life there that seemed to be sticking out and tugged it and looked at them inquiringly and let them go again she did not quite know so rich in liberty had she suddenly become where to begin there were so many ends to life and she was so free to choose that she blinked a little here were her days swept out and empty for her at last here she was able to say magnificently next month i'll do this or that sure of her month sure of their being arrangeable things flexible to her will not each just a great black leaden weight holding her pinned down more and more heavily to a sofa and not only could she say confidently what she would do next month but also and this small thing like many other small things of the sort seemed curiously new and delightful she could say confidently what she would wear all those dreary tea-gowns in which she had trailed through the seven years of her marriage dark garments whose sole function was to hide were given to Ilsa, her first servant, who had married poverty, and who frugally turned them into trousers of assorted shapes for her husband, embittering him permanently. And from long-forgotten cupboards she got out small, neat frocks again, portions of her unworn, tremendous trousseau, short things, washable and tidy and was refreshed into respect for herself as a decent human being by the mere putting of them on her days at first held any number of these new sensations or rather recognitions of sensations that used in her girlhood to be a matter of course but now were seen to be extraordinarily precious she split over like a brimming chalice of gratefulness for the great common things of life sleep hunger power to move about freedom from fear freedom from pain 
her returning health ran through her veins like some exquisite delicate wine she was now thirty and had never felt so young wonderful to wake up in the morning to another day of being well wonderful being allowed to be alive in a world so utterly beautiful so full of opportunity she had all the thankfulness the tender giving of herself up confidently to joy of the convalescent she was happy just to sit on fine mornings on the doorstep in the sun drinking things in robertlet and ditty had never been so much kissed rosa and the cook had never been asked so often after their ailing mothers kokensee had never been so near having a series of entertainments arranged for it the very cat was stroked with a sense of fellowship the very watchdog at one time suspected of surliness was loved anew and when she passed through the yard she did not fail to pause and gaze with a sunny determined kindness at the pig but though she passionately wanted to make everybody and everything happy in return for robert's goodness to her in return for the kind way she thought he was accepting her decision and not once after that first outbreak reproaching her she had been anchored too long to one definite behavior not to feel a little unsteady when first let loose she hovered uncertainly round the edges of life fingering them trying to feel the point where she could best catch hold and climb into its fullness again it was oddly difficult was it that she had been out of things for so many years had she become a specialist as the weeks passed and the first sheer delight in just being well was blunted by repetition she began to be puzzled everything began to puzzle her herself robert the children the servants robert puzzled her extremely whenever before she had been happy a cheerful singing thing he had loved her she knew he had she had only to be in a gay mood in the mood that recklessly didn't mind whether he liked it or not but sat on his knee and insisted on his listening while she talked half in earnest and half amused about the bigger vaguer windier aspects of life for him to come up out of the depths of his meditations and laugh and pet her now nothing fetched him up he was quite unresponsive he seemed beyond her reach in some strange retreat where she could not get at him she had never felt so far away from him he was not angry evidently he was quite kind she could not guess that this steady enthusiastic kindness was the natural expression of a fraternal regard but he does love me she said to herself altogether unaware of the smallness of the place in the world occupied by negative persons like sisters he does love me she said it several times a day hugging it to herself as the weeks went on in much the same way that a coachman growing cold on his box hugs his chest not having anything else to hug at intervals to keep his circulation going 
and particularly she said it on her way up to the attic after the administration of a good-night kiss in spite of this assurance she found herself presently beginning to hesitate before she spoke to him or touched him wondering whether he would like it she tried to shake off these increasing timidities and once or twice intrepidly stroked his hair but his head bent over his dinner or his book seemed unconscious that she was doing it and she felt unable to go on but he does love me she said to herself it was not long before she perceived definitely that she had ceased to amuse him and the moment she discovered this she ceased to be amusing her gaiety went out like a light but he does love me she still said to herself he called her ingeborg regularly never wife or little one and it soon came to be unthinkable that she should ever have been his treasure snail or sheep he did it however quite kindly with no trace of the rebuke it used invariably to contain but he does love me she still said to herself puzzled she racked her brain to think of ways to please him and tried to make his house as comfortably perfect for him as possible performing every duty she could find or invent with a thoroughness that by eleven o'clock in the morning had exhausted the supply herr dremmel however was not accessible by ways of order and good food he had never noticed their absence and he did not now notice their presence she saw after a while herself that his sum of happiness was not in the least increased by them how could she make him happy then what could she do to make his life the brightest serene thing it was a shock to her an immense and shattering surprise the day she realized that all this time he was in fact being happy she walked in the garden long that day staring hard at this new perception pondering astonished but he does l she began and stopped did he what was the good of saying he did if he didn't was everything with him and perhaps with other husbands she knew so little about husbands bound up with parenthood was it true what he said to her the day she begged him to be friends that a husband and wife could never be friends she felt so entirely able to love robert to love him tenderly and deeply without perpetually being somebody's mother perhaps wives could be friends and husbands couldn't she wished she knew more about these things she felt she did not rightly understand and suspected walking up and down the damp october garden that being a bishop's daughter was an inefficient preparation for being anybody's wife it kept one's mind muffled you were brought up not to look if you wanted to see you had to be furtive and peep at life over the edge as it were of your prayer book which made you feel wicked and didn't give you any sort of a view 
all bishops daughters she said to herself walking fast for her thoughts became tumultuous on this subject ought to be maiden ladies or if they couldn't manage that as st paul would say they should at least only marry more bishops not curates not vicars not mysterious elusiveness like german pastors but bishops people they were used to people they understood continuations second volumes sequels aprons curates might have convulsive moments that would worry souls blanched white by the keeping out of the light souls like celery no whiter than anybody else's if left properly to themselves but blanched by a continually banking up round them of episcopal mould and even a vicar might conceivably sometimes be headlong while as for a german pastor she flung out her hands well robert was not headlong no one could accuse him of anything but the most steady sequence in his steps but he was she thought not having the clue to herr dremmel's conduct incomprehensible with the simple faith of women that faith that holds out against so many enlightenments and whose artless mainspring is vanity she had believed quite firmly that every sweet and admiring assurance he had ever given her would go on changelessly and indefinitely holding good she had believed she knew and understood him better than he did himself and that at any time she wanted to she had only to reach out her hand to be able to help herself to more of his love this faith in herself in her power if she really wished to charm him she called having faith in him it took six weeks of steadily continued mild indifference on herr dremmel's part of placid imperviousness to all approaches of an affectionate nature of the most obvious keen relish in his work keener than he had yet shown to reveal the truth at last to her and greatly was she astonished he was happy and he was happy without her and that said ingeborg unable to resist the conclusion pressed upon her isn't love she stopped a moment beneath the gently dripping trees and took off her knitted cap and shook it dry for she had inadvertently brushed against an overhanging branch on which last summer's leaves still wetly clung she pulled out her handkerchief and rubbed her cap thoroughly it had been raining all the morning and now late in the afternoon the garden was a quiet grey place of fallen leaves and gathering dusk and occasional small shakings of wet off the trees when a silent bird perched on the sodden branches some drops fell on her bare head while she was drying her cap she put up her hand mechanically and rubbed them off she stood wiping her cap long after it was dry absorbed in thought i don't know what it is she said presently half aloud but i do know what it isn't she put on her cap again 
pulling it over her ears with both hands and much care, and staring while she did it at a slug in the path in front of her. "'And what it isn't,' she said, after another interval, shaking her head and screwing up her face into an expression of profoundest negation, "'is love.' "'Well,' she added, deeply astonished, then with a flash of insight it's because he works then with a quick desire to cover up the wound to her vanity if he didn't get lost in his work he'd remember he loves me it's only that he forgets then with a white flare of candour he's a bigger thing than i am then with the old eagerness to help so it's my business to see that he can be big in happy peace. Then, remembrance smiting her with its flat, cold hand. But he is happy. Then, so where do I come in? Then, with a great, frank acceptance of the truth, I don't come in. Then, swept by swift, indignant honesty, why should I want to come in? What is all this coming in? Oh, she stamped her foot. The simple fact, the naked fact, when I've pulled all the silly clothes off, is that I only want him to be happy if it's I who make him happy, and I'm nothing but a... I'm just a... She twisted round on her heels, her arms flung out, in search of the exact raw word. I'm nothing but a common tyrant. At tea-time her condition can best, though yet imperfectly, be described as chastened. Chapter 25 Nevertheless, though she tried to face it squarely, and help herself by indignation at her own selfish vanity, she felt a great emptiness round her, a great chill. It was impossible to get used all at once to this new knowledge, so astonishing after seven years of conviction that one was loved, and so astonishing when one remembered that as recently as August one could positively count the days. Just coming home again after an absence had drawn forth from Robert any number of manifestations of it. It had the suddenness and completeness of the switching off of light a second before one was illuminated another second and one was groping in the dark for she did grope she was groping for reasons it seemed for a long time so incredible that her entire importance and interest as a human being should depend on whether she was or was not what he called a true wife that she preferred to go on groping rather than take hold of this as an explanation she had been so sure of robert she had been so familiar with him and unafraid when she thought of her days at home of her abject fear of her father of her insignificance she felt that robert's love and admiration had lifted her up from being a creeping thing to being a creature with quite bright brave wings he had come suddenly into her life and told her she was a suces kleins 
and behold she became a Suisse's Kleins, and now he didn't think her even that any more. He had dropped her again, and she was already falling back into the old state of timidity towards the man in the house. She turned to the children and the housekeeping and to a search for something she could do in the parish, so that at least, while she was making efforts to clear her confusion about Robert, she might not be wasting time. If she was no use to him, she might be of use to the less independent. She was entirely humble at this moment, and would have thanked a dog if it had been so kind as to allow her to persuade it to wag its tail. It had always been her hope throughout each of her illnesses that presently when that one was over she would get up and begin to do good, and now here she was, finally up with two children who had not yet had much mother, two servants whose lives might perhaps be made more interesting, a whole field outside her gates for practice in deeds of mercy, and enormous tracts of time on her hands. All she had to do was begin. But it was rather like an over-delayed resurrection. Things had filled up. Everybody seemed used to being left alone, and such a thing as district visiting, so familiar to a person bred in Redchester, was unknown in East Prussia. The wife of a country pastor had as many duties in her own house as one woman could perform in a day, and nobody expected to see her going about into other houses, consoling and alleviating. Also the peasants thought, why should one be consoled and alleviated? The social difference between the peasant and the pastor was so small, and rested so often only on education, that it would have appeared equally natural if the thing could from any point of view have been made natural for the wife of the peasant to go and console and alleviate the parsonage. Who wanted sympathy in Kokensee? Certainly not the men, and the women were too busy with family cares, those many crushing cares that yet kept them interested and alive to have time for consolations and those with most cares, most children who died, most internal complaints, most gloom and weariness, achieved just because of these things almost as much distinction and popularity in the village as those with most money. Ingeborg herself was popular so long as her children were drowned out of punts or died of mumps, or were stillborn, but now that nothing happened to her, and she went about, after having had six of them, still straight and slender, Kokensee regarded her coldly and with distrust, doing nothing for anybody on a sofa in an untidy black tea-gown, she had been respected, trim and anxious to be of use, she was disapproved of. When she went round to try to interest the women in the getting up of little gatherings that were to brighten the parish once a fortnight during the winter months, they shook their heads over their wash-tubs and told each other after she had gone that it was because she kept two servants, Hausfrau, who did not 
do their own work they said shaking their heads with many ya yas were sure to get into mischief all they asked of the pastor's wife was that she should attend to her own business and let them attend to theirs they did not walk into her living-room why should she walk into theirs they did not want to brighten her winter why should she want to brighten theirs she should take example from her husband they said who never visited anybody but a frau who kept two servants and who after six children still wore skirts shorter than a confirmation candidate's ja ja das kommet davon and things had filled up at home rosa and the cook had been used so long to managing alone and were so completely obsessed by the idea that the frau pastor was half dead and that her one real function was to lie down that they regarded her suddenly frequent appearances in the kitchen with the uneasiness and discomfort with which they would have regarded the appearances of a ghost no more than if she had been a ghost did they know what to do with her she did not seem real separated from her bedroom and her beef tea they could not work with her she would make them jump when on looking up they saw her in their midst having come in unheard with her strange lightness of movement their nerves were shaken when they discovered her on her knees in odd corners of the house doing things with dusters to see her prodding potatoes over the fire and weighing meat and approaching onions familiarly made them creep it was like some dreadful miracle it was like said rosa whispering being obliged to cook dinners and make bed with the help of side by side with with what then cried the cook pretending courage but catching fear from rosa's face mit einen lazarus whispered rosa behind her hand the cook shrieked they did not however give notice being good girls and prepared to bear much till they saw their names in red ink in one of the squares ruled on a sheet of paper the frau pastor pinned up on the sitting-room wall above her writing-table for a day or two they were filled with nameless horror because the ink was red then when they discovered what the numbers against the square three four meant the horror was swept away in indignation for it was the hour in the afternoon in which they usually mended or knitted and gossiped together and it appeared that frau pastor intended to come and sit with them during this hour and read aloud nice books are so so nice said ingeborg explaining her idea don't you think you'll like nice books she faltered a little because of the expression on their faces there is the pig said the cook desperately the pig it has to be fed between three and four. Oh, but we're not going to mind things like pigs said ingeborg with a slightly labored brightness the next day they gave notice but the plan pinned up in the parlor had nothing except during this one hour to do with rosa and the cook 
it had been drawn up solely on behalf of robertlet and ditty ingeborg had pored over it for days making careful squares with a ruler and doing all the principal words in red ink her hair tousled by the tresses of thinking out and her cheeks flushed the winter was upon them and already rain and gales made being out of doors impossible except for one daily courageous trudge after dinner with the children in waterproofs and galoshes and she thought that with a little arranging she might shorten and brighten the long months to the spring the children were so passive they seemed hardly conscious she thought of the world round them wouldn't they enjoy themselves more if they could be taught to look at things their resemblance to the elder frau dremmel was remarkable it is true but of course only superficial why they were apathetic was because they had had so little mother in their lives she had only been able to teach them their prayers and their grace and beyond that had had to leave them to god now however she could take over her charge again and teach them things that would make them lissome quick interested and gay what would make robertlet and ditty lissome quick interested and gay she pored profoundly over this question and was steeped in red ink and with the end of her pen bitten off and the floor white with torn-up plans before she had answered it at the end of the winter she thought she could not have answered it right there was something wrong with education the children had been immensely patient they had borne immensely with their mother yet by the end of the whole winter's application of the plan they knew only how cats and dogs were spelt and the sole wonder that they felt after six months parental effort to stir them to that important preliminary to knowledge was a dim surprise that such familiar beasts should need spelling it was very unfortunate but they could not be got for instance to like the heavenly bodies useless for their mother to press them upon their notice on clear evenings when all the sky was a blink from first to last they saw nothing in the sunsets that lit the white winter world into a vast cave of colour except a sigh that it must be tea-time not once could they be induced to shudder at the thought on great starry nights of infinite space they were unmoved by the information that they were being hurled at an incredible speed through it and they didn't mind the moon being all those miles away in the dancing class it was ingeborg who danced in the gymnastic class it was she who grew lissome the english and german chatting owing to an absence in robertlet and ditty of any of the ingredients of chat was a monologue and for the course on introductions to insects collected in the house it was ingeborg who caught the flies they were however very good nothing to which they were subjected altered that when their mother in spite of discouragements went on bravely so did they 
when out of doors she snowballed them they stood patiently till she had done she showed them how to make a snowman and they did not complain she gave them little sledges at christmas and explained the motions to be extracted from these objects by sliding on them swiftly down slopes and they bore her no ill-will when having slid they fell off but quietly preferred the level garden paths and drew each other in turn on one sledge up and down them while their mother on the other sledge did the sorts of things they had come to expect from mothers and kept on disappearing over the brink of the slope to the frozen lake head first and face downward it's very difficult thought ingeborg sometimes as the winter dragged on there she was heavy with facts about flies and stars and distances extracted in the evenings during her preparation hours from the encyclopedia britannica which had been procured from london for the purpose the parsonage groaned beneath it and longing to unload them and she was not able to because the two vessels which ought to have received them were fitted so impenetrably with lids they seemed to grow if anything more lidded quieter and quieter the hour at the end of the day marked on the plan lap an hour she had thought might easily become beautiful something her children would remember years hence which was to have been all white intimacy with kisses and talks about angels and the best and quickest way of getting to heaven while robertlet sat in the lap on mondays wednesdays and fridays ditty sat on it tuesdays thursdays and saturdays there being scarcity in laps was from the beginning an hour of semi-somnolence for the children of staring sleepily into the glow of the stove resting while they waited for what their mother would do or say next ingeborg was inclined to be disheartened at this hour it was the last one of the children's day and the day had been long there was the firelight the mother's lap and knee the mother herself ready to kiss and be confided in and more than ready to confide in her turn those discoveries she had made in the regions of science and nothing happened robertlet and ditty either stared fixedly at the glow from the open stove door or at ingeborg herself but whichever they stared at they did it in silence what are you thinking of she would ask them sometimes disturbing their dreamless dream their happy freedom from thought and then together they would answer nothing no but tell me really you can't really think of nothing it's impossible nothing is she floundered is always something but the next time she asked the same question they answered with one voice just as before nothing then it occurred to her that perhaps they were having too much mother this also happened in the hour called lap a mother she reflected both her arms round her children according to plan must often be 
rather a nuisance she looked down with a new sympathy at ditty's head reposing also according to plan on her shoulder especially if she's a devoted mother she laid her cheek on the black smooth hair parted and pigtailed and as unlike robert's fair furry stuff or her own as it was like the elder frau dremmel's a devoted mother continued ingeborg to herself her eyes on the glowing heart of the stove and her cheek on ditty's head is one who gives up all her time to trying to make her children different i'm a devoted mother she added after a pause in which she had faced her conscience how dreadful she thought she began to kiss ditty's head very softly how too dreadful to be in the power of somebody different of somebody quick if you're not quick or dull if you're not dull and anyhow so old so very old compared to you and have to be made like her how would i like being in my mother-in-law's power with years and years for her to work at forcing me to be what she'd think i ought to be and what she'd think i ought to be would be herself what she tries to be of course you can't think outside yourself she drew the children tighter you poor little things she exclaimed aloud suddenly overcome by the vision of what it must be like to have to put up with a person so fundamentally alien through the whole winter and she kissed them one after the other holding their faces close to her with her hands against their cheeks in a passion of apology even to that exclamation a quite new one in a quite new voice they said nothing but waited patiently for what would no doubt happen next chapter twenty six what happened next was that they went to school just as ingeborg was beginning to ask herself rather shy questions for she was very full of respects about the value of education and the claims of free development the state stepped in and swept robertlet and ditty away from her into its competent keeping in an instant so it seemed to her afterward when in the empty house she had nothing to do but put away their traces she was bereft you never told me this is what happens to mothers she said to herr dremmel the day the brief order from the chief inspector of schools arrived herr dremmel who was annoyed that he should have forgotten his parental and civic duties and still more annoyed it being april and his fields needing much attention as a newborn infant or a young woman wishes impelled by amorous motives to marry that there should be parental and civic duties to forget was short with her every german of six has to be educated he said but they are being educated said ingeborg her mind waited with all she herself had learned he waved her aside but robert my children surely there's some way of educating them besides sending them away from me he continued to wave her aside there was no doubt about it the children had to go and they went of the alternatives 
their being taught at home by a person with government certificates or attending the village school herr dremmel would not hear he was having differences of a personal nature with the village schoolmaster who refused with a steadiness that annoyed herr dremmel to recognize that he was a schafskopf while herr dremmel held and patiently explained that a person who is born a schafskopf should be simple and frank about it and not persist in behaving as if he were not one and as for a teacher in the house that was altogether impossible because there was no room there's the laboratory said ingeborg recklessly to whom anything seemed better than letting her children go the lab only to sleep in she eagerly explained just sleep in you know the teacher needn't be there at all in the daytime for instance ingeborg began herr dremmel then he thought better of it and merely held out his cup for more tea women were really much to be pitied their entire inability to reach even an elementary conception of values the children went to school in Muck. they lodged with their grandmother and were to come home on those vague sundays when the weather was good and herr dremmel did not require the horses ingeborg could not believe in such a complete sweep out of her life she loved robertlet and ditty with an extreme and odd tenderness there was self-reproach in it a passionate desire to protect it was the love sometimes found in those who have to do all the loving by themselves it was an acute and quivering thing after her experiences in the winter she had doubts whether education at present was what they wanted it was not school they wanted she thought but to run wild she knew it would have been perhaps difficult to get them to run in this manner but thought if she had had them a little longer and had thoroughly revised her plan purging it of science and filling them up instead with different forms of wildness she might eventually have induced them to there could have been a carefully graduated course in wildness she thought beginning quietly with weeding paths and going on by steps of ever-increasing abandonment to tree-climbing bird-nesting and midnight raids on apples and while she wandered about the deserted garden and was desolate robertlet and ditty safe in their grandmother's house were having the most beautiful dumplings every day for dinner that seemed to fit into each part of them as warmly and neatly as though they were bits of their own bodies come back after having been artificially separated to fill them with a delicious hot contentment and their grandmother was saying to them at regular intervals with a raised forefinger my children never forget that you are germans there was now nothing left for ingeborg but as she told herr dremmel the first sunday robertlet and ditty had been coming home and then for some obscure reason did not come thrusting the information tactlessly at tea-time between his attention and his book her own inside after all she said as 
usual quite suddenly breaking a valuable silence there's still me herr dremmel said nothing for it was one of those statements of fact that luckily do not require an answer nobody said ingeborg throwing her head back a little can take that away herr dremmel said nothing to that either chiefly because he did not want to he had no time nor desire to guess at meanings which were no doubt after all not there whatever happens she says i've still got my own inside ingeborg said herr dremmel i will not ask you what you mean in case you should tell me there was a drought going on and herr dremmel who justly prided himself on his sweetness of temper was not as patient as usual so ingeborg silenced went into the garden where the drought was making the world glow and shimmer and reflected that on the object she called her inside alone now depended her happiness it was useless to depend on others it was useless to depend as she had done in her ridiculous vanity on others depending on her after all each year had may in it and the birds sang she would send away the extra servant and do the work herself as she used to at first she would begin again to develop her intelligence and write that evening to london for the spectator something she remembered had warned and quickened her all those years ago after her meeting with ingram was it the spectator she would make plans she would draw up plans in red ink there were a thousand things she might study there were languages she walked up and down the garden if she let herself be beaten back this time into neglect of herself and indifference she would be done for there was no one to save her she would lapse and lapse and not into fatness and peace like other women in germany lopped of their children and of a class above the class that stood at that instrument of salvation its own wash-tub not into afternoon slumbers and benevolences of a woolly nature that kept one's hand knitting while one's brains went to sleep till presently one was dead but into something fretful and nipped with a little shriveled skinny steadily dwindling mind her eyes grew very wide at this dreadful picture now was the moment she thought turning away from it quickly now that there had come this pause in her life to go over to england for a visit and see her relations and talk and come back refreshed to a new chapter of existence in kökensee she had not been out of kökensee except to zopat since her marriage and her throat tightened at the thought of england but the bishop had never forgiven her marriage and her having had six children had also it seemed from her mother's letters when there used to be letters made an unfavorable impression on him it had in fact upset him he had considered such conduct so distinctively german to be passed over 
and when she added to the error in taste of having had them the further error or rather negligence it must have been criminal thought the bishop of not being able to keep them alive the palace after having four times with an increasing severity condoled withdrew into a disapproval so profound that it could only express itself adequately by silence and a stay with judith was out of the question one had for a stay with judith to have clothes and she had no clothes at least none newer than eight years old her immense unworn trousseau dogged her through the years for judith gave many parties at the master's lodge brilliant gatherings her mother called them in her rare letters where london come down on purpose and expressed in prime and other ministers as well as in the fine flower of the aristocracy and a few selected fragrances from the world of literature and art once her mother wrote that ingram the great painter had been at the last party and was so much enslaved by judith's loveliness that he had asked as a favour to be allowed to paint her sat at judith's feet End of section 11